0: Oh, and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski, with me as always is the indigo angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original roach rider, Mr. Matt Naz. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we are at the end of new movie month. New movie month. Cinema. That's right. All month we have been... Watching films, talking about the soundtrack, saying how new metal is this movie and how new metal is this soundtrack. We're finding a lot of new metal moments, some some real new metal playlists, some primers. And it felt fitting at the end of this spooky month, in an incredibly spooky year, that we had to finish it up with the dynamic duo, Freddy versus Jason Freddy and the soundtrack. Jason.
1: Who will win?
0: Indeed, who will win? We the will audience.
2: find out. <laughs> the audience. <laughs> Kelly Rowland.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. We are going to talk all about this album. We are going to talk about this movie. And because Jenny and I are dumb, <laughs> dumb We're people. Dumb. We're dummies. We're dummies. We're also going to talk about the book Slash of the Titans, The Road to Freddy vs. Jason by Dustin McNeil. Let me tell you book movie soundtrack it's a lot to cram into a week and a half <laughs> but cram we did oh cram like it was finals week
1: oh i did give this book the finals treatment I'll oh tell you my that. lord
0: jenny and i texting each other how far are you how far are you <laughs> <laughs> what bid you on Let me copy your homework. (laughs) Uh, Before we get to that, we're going to do a special who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? More importantly, who's mailing? Who's (laughs) mailing?
1: Who (laughs) is? And uh, we got a very- Sad snooze. Rain (laughs) or shine.
0: (laughs) We truly, we got a, a very, very special package and card in the mail from Rachel- Over at Mosher Mags. Follow her on Instagram. She sent us a wonderful little care package. Open this up. The front of the card, it's got a picture of Deftones. And prime around the fur era Deftones. Chino's got the frosted tips. Everybody's rocking Adidas. They look incredible. And it says, the boys, on the front of the card. You open up the card, and it says, done it again. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. And Rachel writes, To my buddies in Roach Coach, hello. I hope you enjoyed this look at how the UK embraced the thick of it. I love your podcast and I'm so glad I found you. It's like your three long-lost cousins with cool music taste and the exact same reference points as myself. Thank you for everything. Rachel, Mosher on IG. P.S. I'm not bothered about Korn's first album. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> oh, thank
1: you. Truly.
0: And uh, on the back of the card... It's a very special card. It says, This MFR Spitting Cards Company 2020. Wow. Beautiful in joke. We love it. And briefly talking about um, Rachel sent two copies of Kerrang from 1997 to 1998. These magazines are incredible. They are a trip back in time to when all the people we love on this show were just little babies. Front cover of this issue from October 4th, 1997. Has Dez and Chino. Dez is about to drop the first Cold Chamber record. Chino is about to drop around the fur. Like I said, babies. There's a Trent Reznor poster in here. A Jonathan Davis poster in here. A Courtney Love poster. And Jenny, a Gavin Rosdale poster.
1: You can just ship that right to my town in ship Michigan. Ship
0: right over to Jenny.
1: <laughs> Mitch is going to be so pumped. Like, why there a picture of andrew keegan and gavin rossdale <laughs> our bedroom wall
3: never you mind
1: throwback never. throwback decorations
0: indeed uh, this uh, this issue is incredible lots of great interviews um, with the boys also interviews with people like there's a there's a human waste project concert review in here there is a, a, a photo set with dez pretending to hang himself and he's in the quote from des is people are getting sick of wimpy music tell me about it des but i uh i wanted i'm flipping through this magazine it's incredible real trip back in time and i said every page is surprise. every page gave me something there's a review of the stone temple pilots side project talk show in here they give it. I, thre- I had that record. <laughs> Ooh, Jenny! Well, you'll be happy to know that Kerrang! gave this record three Ks out of five. Wow! <laughs> they also have on the back on the ch- they have their charts list, their top forty albums in the UK number one. Prodigy, fat of the land. What a time to be alive! So I get to the back of this magazine. Oh, there's also an, uh, there's a there's an interview with Fear Factory. Burton C. Bell sitting on the on the hood of a Ford tr- Bronco truck. Is this a Bronco? Might be. Either way, it's looking peaceful. I flipped to the very last page. <laughs> Bron- I feel like we're Bronco? in
1: the magazine right You're now. You're in the magazine.
0: I just got to. I just got to give you. I'm, I'm in the magazine. I'm seeing I all these people. Tour. Um, I um, feel
3: guided through this tour. Imagine pre-internet. <laughs> Lauren gets this, calls up his two best buds, oh, Jenny and myself, yeah. yes. and he's trying to tell us what's in this mag. Is it a Bronco? Might be.
0: You guys don't even, oh, you guys. So, I flipped to the last section of the magazine, it's called The Last Word. The Last Word. Psst. The ultimate questions on life. It's The Last sa- Word
3: piss.
1: I'm just making a noise, but maybe it is. I don't know.
0: All right. The ultimate questions on life, sex, and previous lifetimes crimes. This week, incubus surf dude Brandon Boyd gets out of bed for Paul Travers. Wow. These questions. I Let's ready. hear them. Last weird dream you had. That would be every night.
1: Is he preg? <laughs> is he all right?
0: That is the first. And he says, I don't remember what I dreamed last night, but a few nights ago, I dreamed that I died and I went up to this weird halfway place. There were extraterrestrials everywhere and I could see through their bodies. I could see their organs or their lack of organs through their translucent bodies. They handed me this paper with all this encrypted writing on, which was my life's history. And then I was ushered someplace else, but I don't remember where. I read that and I said, wow. We're into it. For question one. I'll skip through because there's a couple. There oh, we go. Last person you fantasized about. That would be a girl named Ginger Hendrix, who lived down the street from me. She's a very beautiful girl. I fantasized about her last night. <laughs>
3: right before I had that dream. Wow.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Ginger Hendricks.
3: Ginger Hendrix makes me have weird
0: dreams. All right. I think we'll all like this one. Last time you lied to a girlfriend. I've had the same girlfriend for six years, and I can't ever remember lying to her. We have a very open relationship. Okay. Next question. Last time you were arrested. Oh. In my last lifetime, I robbed a bank in the 1800s. They caught me at the crossroads and threw me in jail, where I was befriended by a large cellmate named Biff. He had a very interesting cowboy hat, as I recall.
1: (sighs) I feel like with Brandon Boyd, you just got to roll with it.
3: Yeah, like you don't want to draw too much attention to the stupidest answer you've heard in your life. You just got to let it go.
2: He's All right.
1: just... Oh, is there more?
0: Oh, Jenny. There's more. God damn it. Last really bad movie you saw. Spawn. Ugh. Great soundtrack. We're on it, but it's a really shitty movie. Wow. Wow. Brandon. I I gotta say,
1: maybe that's the most honest answer in the interview so far.
0: Last time you had sex outdoors? About a month ago, up on a hill near my house, on top of a car. Nice. (laughs) He says nice? He fucking says nice.
1: Wow. Maybe he was on top of a Bronco.
0: All right. Last thing you'd save if your house is on fire. My art. My drawings. There's a lot of years work on my wall in my room, so I'd be frantically ripping that down. I wouldn't want it to kindle the flames. And last but not least, how long can you last? About 30 seconds. Wow. Let me tell you, I have only skimmed the surface of the gifts of this magazine. Rachel, thank you so much for sending it over to us. Uh, we will be consulting it all the time now, just to see. I haven't have even dipped into the other issue, which has on the front – Jonathan, Fred, Serge, so much going on. So thank you so much. An incredible gift to us. We love the card. We will cherish it forever. And uh, thank you. And that is it for who's mailing and who's tweeting. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram send us an email Roachcoach podcast at gmail.com. It's time. We got a big app tonight. We're talking about the soundtrack. So Freddy versus Jason, Jenny, when, we'll start off, when did the soundtrack come out?
1: The soundtrack was released on August 12th, 2003.
0: And when was the film released?
1: The film was released on August 15th, 2003. So you had a few days to get it together.
0: I'm going to be real. That's not enough time. This album is very
1: long. It is. There are, I just want to prepare all of our listeners. There are 20 songs on this album.
3: You're like, hey, uh, whose tweeting seems short tonight? Yes.
0: Yes. Indeed. So we're going to talk about all these songs, we're going to talk about everything. Uh, It only seems right, Jenny, to start. Uh, What's your history with Freddie versus Jason?
1: Well, an interesting thing that I realized going into watching this movie is I don't think I've ever actually seen a Freddy nor a Jason movie. I felt like I had, but Mitch started telling me how F- Freddy says bitch after everything. And I was like, shut up. Like, I thought he was messing with me. And he's like, have you never seen one of those movies? And I was like, mm- Maybe I haven't. I think I'm just very aware of Freddy and Jason because of their, they're just sort of like ubiquitous cultural characters. So um I don't think I've actually seen any uh, of the movies other than this one.
0: All right.
1: That's me. How about you, Lauren?
0: So I have seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, when I was in college, uh, a roommate, I think... I think it was, had to have been McCarty. My roommate McCarty had the box set. Or if he didn't have it, our buddy Josh had it. Either way, the box set was obtained, and we marathoned every single Nightmare on Elm Street over the course of a weekend. And not really the way to watch those movies, but we did it. And what I can say is the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic. It's incredible. And the second one is as bad as you've heard. And then as you kind of go through them, it's it's kind of up and down, up and down. But I have not seen any Friday the 13th movies. Not a one. I don't know how, but it just worked out that way. I've seen Halloween's. I've seen some Saw's, as we've talked about on the show. I've seen A Child's Play. I think the second one. Um, But, yeah, Friday the 13th has, uh, for whatever reason, I I never saw that. But I was, like Jenny said, well aware of Jason. I feel like all of us – I remember – in like second grade, we had to have reading groups, and you get every you know based on your reading ability. And the most popular things when I was in second grade was the Batman movie and Freddy Krueger. Oh, and but also Jason was popular, and so all the reading groups were either named after something from Batman or the or there was a reading group called the Freddies. Everybody wanted to be called the Freddies. Even though I don't think any of us had actually seen the movies, we all knew about Freddy Krueger. The guy was ubiquitous. Yeah, so I saw I saw Freddy versus Jason in the theater, pretty sure opening weekend. I think with my sister. I don't know. I'd have to text her. And uh, you know, at the time, I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. I had a good time. Yeah. So that's it. I I've not heard the so- I had not heard the soundtrack. I can tell you that much though. The Soundtrack was a new experience for me. Matt. Freddie, Jason, history.
3: Oh, buddy. So, this was my... I watched it, and this was my first time watching Freddy versus Jason. And what an experience. Oh, oh, just to have that time in my life back. Um, <laughs> I am... So, I think we've kind of answered the questions for ourselves, but I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Freddy fan. I... Enjoy the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, you are correct. Number one, I consider a stone-cold classic. Heather Langenkamp, Johnny Depp, perfect. Two is a bizarro trip, but I love three so much. Three is Dream Warriors, and that's the one with the Dawkins song in it, and the, with, you want a good high, which... <laughs> <laughs> really really i loved that that stupid part so much um the i saw the dream master in the theaters as well as the dream child because i want to say that was was the dream child the one in 3d
0: no i think that's the last one
3: Oh, Fr- Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I'm pretty, sh-
0: I'm pretty sure, yeah, because we, when we did our marathon, I remember we broke out the 3D glasses for the last movie.
3: Okay, yep. Yeah. This was New Line Cinema's first 3D release. Okay. But I've never seen uh, A New Nightmare. Ooh. Uh, so I, I think I, I heard that's okay.
0: <laughs> it's all right. It's. It's one of those situations where they're trying to get a little highbrow with something that's purposely lowbrow and some of it works and sometimes you're i i've seen it twice and both times i remember thinking i shouldn't be a little bored right now like that's not what they should be going uh-huh. for like i'm a little yeah and and we'll kind of get into we'll get into the, the the development of freddy versus jason as we go along
3: but somewhere along the line and it's usually in the 4th movie like one great two not great three great four on tepid uh highs and lows as you said there's something that happens with the character where he stops being like this night this dream slayer and he just becomes a punchline machine uh that just needs to say bitch at the end of everything
1: yeah, I looked up a montage. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Welcome to prime time,
0: bitch. <laughs> that
3: was like the first one that like took him from casual horror, like an icon in the horror community, to just like national icon. Because it's cla-
0: think, it's, it's it's one of the best parts of that movie. Because
3: that's three, isn't it?
0: that's the one in the where all the kids are in the psych ward so yeah that's three. I think that's three
3: yeah yeah that's the Dream Warriors and uh, yeah th- that one's so freaking good but like you Lauren, I've never seen a single Friday the 13th with the exception of Jason takes Manhattan which is awful
0: I think I, have, I think yeah.
3: having camps in Michigan re- and being a scaredy cat myself really kept me out of the Jason world because I just I couldn't handle it like I was too my brain would have gone too many places I just wouldn't have been able to handle it And same with Halloween Halloween to me too scary too scary guys
0: Halloween Halloween's the most effective because he's just I mean granted he keeps not dying but otherwise he's just a dude walking around with just a knife you know there's not much more to it and i think that's what makes yeah it's scary. i mean that's the thing is like i think nightmare is really good the first nightmare is really good but like dude, i don't think any of these movies hold a candle to the original halloween like that's tip top for me that jenny have you seen halloween terrifying.
1: yes i have seen the halloween movies i've seen all of the child's play movies i
3: just wanted to, to <laughs> <point> <laughs> that out. there we go i've seen all uh, the problem child movies
2: so. <laughs> oh boy
1: i've seen all the omen movies Love the ohm. Um. <laughs> Love the ohm. Um. Very haunting, very spooky. Freddy versus Jason, though. Let's the, get to it. The subject at hand. Um, basically this movie starts off and I'll tell oh Jenny, you. are you gonna
0: are you gonna recap? Oh, yeah, Jenny, please <laughs> yeah, recap I'm Freddy to. versus Jason.
1: So I will say right now, I love a movie that's not shy about exposition. This one <laughs> certainly isn't. It's just like Robert England just like walking you through it. Um, it's <laughs> He does everything
3: besides like lower a screen and start a PowerPoint.
1: Yeah, he's just like, all right, so I'm in hell. I've been getting weak. I have no power. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and conjure up my boy Jason. And he's going to make people freaked out. And then I'm going to get my powers back. And just like, he's like, the so last time you saw me, this was going on. We get another recap of that for Jason as well. So you know the plan. You know what's up. Jason appears or are like teens having a party. You immediately see which ones are marked for death. Uh, based on how offensive they are as characters some people get slaughtered there's a whole bunch going on people are like oh man but then you realize you are you're in uh springwood and the memory of Freddy is gone and uh so people start to remember the cops are all like being, like, super, like, sketchy. We get Lachlan Monroe again. He was also in Dracula 2000 as one of the members of the gang. He also plays dad on Riverdale, Betty's dad. And I saw a weird... Can, like Canadian Trading Spaces HGTV show from like the early 90s that he was on with his wife at the time. So he's all over the place. But anyway, the point is he's an outsider cop and there's just all this stuff going on. There's kids in a psych ward. Everybody gets all torn up. There's like a It's not called a corn cob. It's called a corn field. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in a corn cob, but they could have been. And then there's just lots of, you know, going back and forth between Jason's doing all these kills and Freddy starts to get frustrated because, you know, Jason's taking all these kills that he wants to have. And so they duke it out. It's Freddy versus Jason versus these kids. Who wins? unclear that oh. wasn't a really really a great overview but that's pretty much what happened
3: there there's yeah. a point at the end where they're both quote-unquote killed with their own weapons freddy slashes the hell out of jason with the machete and then later jason shoves the uh the finger knives through uh, oh spoilers spoilers right it's
1: yeah it's almost 20 <laughs> it's, years old <laughs> guys, be fine. um
3: and then jason shoves Freddy's gloves through Freddy's chest and then jason chops off his head but at the end of the movie oh can we please talk about Freddy's wink and a smile to the camera
0: a beautiful moment a really perfect way to end the movie Jason walking out of the water, carrying Freddy's severed head. So it's like Jason victorious. But then, yeah. Then Freddy winks at the camera, smashed to black. And I remember thinking, you know what? I've seen a lot of movies in my time. Is that the perfect ending right there? Did they really stick the, stick the landing with that one? Because it really feels like they did. And because I, I feel like as we, ra- as we found in this book There's a lot of thoughts On who should have won And a lot of thoughts on how this needs to be constructed But a key thing That you realize about 100 pages into this book Is that no one at any point Sat down and said K-I-S-S Keep it simple Stupid <laughs> Because these guys Are so caught up in the mythology, in trying to—I don't even know what honor they're trying the to
3: franchises.
0: Trans- I, well, I don't even know if it's just hundred of the franchises, but they almost get like too clever for their own good, and then people start to really lose like the plot of like what we're here for, which is Freddy v Jason. That is what we want, is what we need. That's what this movie delivers. Some of these other scripts in here do not deliver that. How many scripts total, Jenny?
1: I want to say 13.
0: So this book details all of these scripts, breaks them all down, gets the plots, gives you, I mean, detailed plot breakdown, and then interviews, I think, every single person who wrote a script and talks about what they liked and what they didn't like, what the experience was like. And it seemed like in some cases you had people that were super mega fans and then in other cases, you had people that were just like, ah, eh, whatever, who cares? Um, especially that being David Goyer, who, who wrote the, who wrote a version of this, I think on a favor for his girlfriend. Is that right?
1: Uh, he came back to doctor the final script as a favor to his girlfriend, who was an executive producer on this, on the final cut of the film.
0: Yeah, and so... Yeah, you just get a lot of – there's a lot of weird things that come up as you go through these various scripts. Uh, A lot of people trying to work in cults, uh, trying to work in another villain. There's like at least three scripts where there's like a third villain. And then a lot of attempts to tie in Freddy's origin to Jason's origin and make them intermingled and have some retcons in there. A lot of those don't work. A lot of attempts to turn – freddie into a child molester along with being a child killer mm-hmm. there's a lot of that and uh, witch hunters oh that's right pop witch stars hun- uh, the worst is how many there's at least two that have was it all a dream setups which i yelled out loud stop doing that because i hate that that's probably the worst. I think that was probably the worst script. Also, there were at least two that had meta narratives similar to New Nightmare where they took place in the real world and Freddy and Jason were movie characters people knew about influenced by real life people. Those scripts, I mean, the moment I heard the premise, I was like, throw it away. Get this out of here. You kidding me? Get rid of this. It's this terrible. Jenny, did you have any feelings? Were there any scripts that didn't get made that you were like, oh, it could have worked? Or, or were you how did you feel i mean i could have watched
1: any of them there was one that was a courtroom drama (laughs) that one i kind of wanted to see just for the hell of it but no i think like the point does get made in the book and eventually we see it in the movie but it is really a case of just like you're overthinking it you're way overthinking it you you
3: need to get freddie and jason in a room and they fight
1: yeah i i mean I I also know that I have to like say I'm coming from this from a place of not being a big fan of either movie like I just don't I've never watched them I'm sure I'd like them if I watched them but I didn't so like to me I'm like just put them in a room together but it does seem like they exist on different planes you know one one lives in the dream world one lives in the real world so I I understand that the feeling of like needing to make sure that there was as much continuity as is possible because it sounds like, I mean, at this point, there had been what like six of each of the movies leading up to this point.
0: There have been 10 Jason movies at this point. Okay. Because you're so, Jason X.
1: Right. AKA Jason in Space. Yes but i i don't know i do think it was like very very overcomplicated and i i liked where we ended up the movie clipped it was very shallow <laughs> um, but it was it was just like a fun slasher bop and i got to say you hear new metal in the movie
0: you sure yes, do yes you do you sure do uh, the movie starts after, yeah, after after um, Robert Englund's PowerPoint presentation, it cuts into credits that are delivered to us via shredded skin and blood on top of blood <laughs> yes. with some heavy new metal riffage going on. So you are, it's like table set. Let's go. And you get you get a decent amount of it throughout. Sometimes it sounded more like the soundtrack itself, like the score was set in a new metal tone. Because I only think I caught about three songs in the movie itself. I think you get about three on the soundtrack uh, on the um, closing credits as well. But you definitely get that that new metal vibe for sure. I will say that it does clip along, and. Anytime I had like a critique of like, man, these characters are really underdeveloped, it's like, well, this movie is moving along. And also, what are you here for? You here for this teen romance or you here for Freddy v. Jason? And I was like, good point. Good point. I'm here yeah. for Freddy v. Jason.
1: Teen romance, meaning clearly adults being oh, like, yeah. I <laughs> am in high school.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, Kelly kelly Rowland's daughter comes up to her at one point pretty much that does not happen at all but like yeah they are apparently very much late 20s early 30s
1: yeah and like a lot of the characters seem really disjointed and it was not a surprise to me when i read that the um the draft the close to final draft would have come in at about two two and a half hours and the the they said that, that's way too long. So a lot of the characters were either cut or condensed into uh, different characters, which makes sense. Like I think of the, the nerd who is like also suddenly very confident and has like a few different personalities. I'm like, that was a combined character. Lots of that. But I think the point is that like we don't, really need to get to know any of these people because we're never going to see them again like they just they merely exist to die like that's it so like I don't really care I don't care if you become confident dude
0: yeah it's it's really just yeah they're all just cannon fodder some of them you think are going to be in the movie a little longer than they actually are um Mm -mm. you bring up Jenny you bring up Lachlan Monroe's rebel uh, sheriff's deputy, and you think, well, this guy, he's going to become like a de facto leader. He's going to help out. But man gets smoked by an electrified Jason right when you think he's about to really make a difference. Oh, He yeah. just gets, he gets charred up. I got to tell you, this movie, I had forgotten that this thing brings the brutality in a pretty good way. In the, Whenever- the first 12 yeah. minutes, yes.
3: six people are dead.
0: There is a kill. I think it's the first real kill of the movie. You meet, I don't remember this character's name, and it's not important, but he is a jerk. Terrible boyfriend. And he says to his girlfriend, let's go upstairs right now. Don't make me ask you twice. And I was like, definitely the things that every lady wants to hear when she's about to have sex with her boyfriend. So they go, and they do it. And then he's like, get out of bed I don't like it when you touch me after sex. I'm like this guy sucks. So then <laughs> sure, Jason, Jason forties, <laughs> folds well, him up J- like a goddamn. That's chair. the thing. Jason comes in, stabs him. I don't know how many times, many many times. This dude clearly he stabs toast. him like a butter churn. It is nonstop stabbing, and then Jason is just like, I ain't done with you, and like you said, Matt. He straight up him. Just a straight up folds up the bed. And I remember thinking that's how you that's how you kick things off. Things are only going to go better from here. And I guess every time that Jason slashes somebody with that machete, they start spurting blood like a like a like a balloon. It's nuts. Like all the people if you get slashed in Tready versus Jason, you are all arteries. <laughs> just that's true that is true i I think the other the other good one was when the stoner got chopped in half that was really good
1: it's easy i think one lesson we do learn in this movie is it's easy to chop (laughs) it's just real easy to chop
0: very easy to chop very easy to chop.
1: let's chop over to the soundtrack
0: before we get to that jenny what are (laughs) um the genre tags on this soundtrack
1: uh alternative metal new metal Metalcore and groove metal.
0: All right, excellent. This soundtrack, uh, according to I have the uh, I have a physical copy of the CD here. I picked it up from the declutter store for a little pricier nine thirty two. Whoa, a hot, hot commodity. Wow, hot commodity. It says in the front, "Evil has two names, but only one sound," and it also promises over 70 minutes of music (laughs) so it doesn't lie it doesn't lie and um it says on the back that um more than half the album is previously unreleased at time of release so we're gonna dig in to this record let's do it all
1: right the first track how can i live by il nino
0: So this is basically the theme song of Freddy versus Jason. And I don't think it's a, it's a direct one-to-one with the themes of this film, which are Freddie V Jason. But There are a few things in there. This idea of how can I live without you? I'm your mirror image. I'm all you left behind. Are Freddie and Jason opposite sides? One could argue, maybe. But the more important question, does this song rip, Jenny?
1: So, being that there are 20 songs on this soundtrack, I wrote down a sentence or two for each song. Okay. This is what I wrote about how can I live. It is not the Leanne Rimes song, which is called How Do I Live, which is sad. Classic new metal of this time. The harsh vocals are cool, not feeling the smooth, boys. Riff is all right. Check in the boxes, much like the film. Got em. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There you go. There you have it. I will say that in my memory of the first El Nino album that we did, and this is taken from the then yet-to-be-released second El Nino record, Confession. So if you were an El Nino head and you were like, when's Confession coming out? And they're like, yo, we got a song of Freddy vs. Jason. You need it. You need it till it drops. Go there. I honestly think this is a, a step a bit more in the right direction for them. I uh, was more receptive to the smooth boy, but I really thought it, it kind of – I liked the riff. It had a nice little chunk to it. I wrote solid start, and there's also a cool screen bridge. Matt, thoughts on How Can I Live?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally. I think it's getting – it's getting there but yeah it feels a little i would have expected something a little bit heavier for the theme but this works it works
0: it D- works does what it needs to do it works i will say this one i was like people have said hey yeah you guys haven't done el nino in a while and i was like "Hmm, maybe that second el nino record maybe maybe down the line what do you think i mean sure there you go uh. <laughs> all right
1: you ready for you ready for track 2?
0: Let's do it. We got a lot of tracks.
1: <laughs> track 2. When darkness falls, kill switch engage. <laughs>
0: All right, Jenny, we'll start with you.
1: All right, from my notes. Hot start. Why are the smoothish boys coming in here and ruining everything? If Jason or Freddie had to be a harsh boy or a smooth boy, who would each be?
0: Well, that's a good question, Jenny. I would say Freddie's a harsh boy. Jason's a smooth boy. Wow. Jason's a smooth boy. Jason's a mama's boy. He's a smooth boy. Hmm. Freddie is. I. I want to say. I want to give some credit here. We've been living in this era of the anti-hero. Oh, sorry, the anti-hero, but like the 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 villain who you agree with. You know, everyone's like, you know, <laughs> Joker, Joker. He's you know, he's just a wrong guy. You know, and. I could see him making a lot of good points and and uh, Killmonger and Black Panther. You know, Killmonger, he wasn't wrong about a lot of things. Killmonger's kind of right. When you watch this movie, Freddy Krueger, he is bad. He's a bad guy. He's always doing terrible things, awful things, consistently the whole time. And I had to respect that. He is a gross, nasty man. And I That's appreciate true. that. That's
1: true. That's why I would tack the smooth boy onto him.
0: So oh. I don't like smooth
1: <laughs> but I I agree there is something about this whole like there's a definitely like a, a very specific vibe I get from people who are always trying to be like well you know he's just misunderstood and I'm like okay see on Stormfront like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> um I I did like, I mean, this, this came up a lot in the book um, about how you had to have one villain that people were rooting for a little bit more than the other one. And I think there was almost no variation of Jason being the one that was like a bit of an anti-hero because there's nothing redeemable about Freddy. And I did like that about this movie. Like, Jason's kills, for the most part, seem pretty intentional for the most part. Not consist- not like all the way through, but like, it's pretty much all people who-, who have it coming.
3: Until he gets to the party and he's just like, I have a machete. What else am I supposed to do?
1: <laughs> right. Although, I mean, he does...
3: At kill the party, a guy in the yes. middle of date yes. raping
1: somebody. Yeah, so that one. I appreciated that.
3: I was like, I am pro Jason on this kill.
1: Unfortunately, I mean, he, he also did kills killed a woman the who woman who was being, being armed. Yes, that is true. But at least he got one bad bird.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, Jason at the cornfield rave—a a truly incredible moment some shots there where he is set ablaze doesn't stop him he's a chop you up he's gonna cut you up he's he's really gonna cause a problem and uh I had to appreciate that this song you know what I wrote in my notes oh shit we got screams we got drums we got riffs we are rocking not sure I'm here for this chorus but these verses are rippers overall kind of crushes but that chorus, this is my first experience with Killswitch Engage. And, and I did not expect it to go full on uh, by phantom by phone. I had the chorus. Um, <laughs> did not expect that. So 100%. The glorious uh,
3: Pantages Theater.
0: Pantages Theater. We are Killswitch Engage. I mean, I don't know. That's That's not my vibe. Not my vibe. Not here for... I mean, you got these the the guitar is literally squealing over here, and this guy's doing I don't know junior Pavarotti. no, not for me. Jenny, you said that though, the transition from track one to track two gave you literal whiplash.
1: No, I meant the transitions in track two. <laughs> Oh, gave me whiplash <laughs> that, that's I true. was I was like okay because over the years people have asked me if I'm into kill switch engage and I was always like ah, I've never really given him a chance like you might be into it um that'll come up again with another band on this soundtrack but um I was like all right like I was feeling the top and then yeah it was just the the transition into that that chorus was a big <laughs> issued a big nope on that one
0: yeah. Uh, according to songminis.com, this is apparently the first song with a, their new lead singer, and it is divisive. Commenter, System of a Down fan UK says Howard sucks. Bring back Jesse. How can they think this chump can replace Jesse? Now, Kill Engage Gates sounds like a new metal band. They will never touch alive or just breathing. I'm sure all you Linkin Park fans go apeshit when you hear this in a club, dorks. <laughs> And I was like, wow, wow. That's insane. And then commenter Push It 117 said, What the fuck have you been smoking, S O A D fan? Damn, new metal? What? I don't think you even know the term. Anyways, Howard is awesome and so is Jesse. So, as for you, jam your foot in your own ass. For two, what gives you system of a down fan. Haha, ha, sorry, got a laugh after the last album, referring to steal this album. Texas City was awesome. STA was bad, not to offend anyone. is just not my taste whatsoever. The right to attack, KSE, I sure as hell didn't vote for it, but whatever. Everyone has their own opinion, I guess. The transitions in that comment, he told him to take his own foot and stick it up his ass. And then he's like, everyone's got their own opinion. though <laughs> True. True true intensity. True true intensity. Let us know in the comments. Are you for Howard? Are you for Jesse? Or are you for the Phantom?
1: I I have Phantom wins each time, I'd say. Each time.
0: Hey, he's got a mask too. (laughs) There you go. There it is.
1: All right. Up next, we've got Beginning of the End by Spine Shank.
0: Ooh. So this was from, taken from the forthcoming at the time, self-destructive pattern album, production on this song, go go Garth.
3: Whoa, gaga Garth.
0: There you go. I like the Beepy boys on this. I like the pre-chorus more than the chorus because it goes softer on the chorus, but it's got some decent crunch in here. And uh, but I kind of wish it was crunchy the whole way through. Uh, but this seems to be the trend. We're in 03. So this is come down era. Transitioning out. Trying different things. So I was alright with it. Jenny, thoughts on SpineShank?
1: Uh I wrote SpineShank continues to be someone's favorite band who is not me. Got him. The song <laughs> is fine. Um, yeah. The song not I don't know it was it was fine I think come down era new metal is tough for me because it all feels very mid-tempo we get rid of a lot of the screams and that just for me is taking away what I like about new metal so I don't know just not just not my fave
0: Matt thoughts of beginning of the end
3: I can understand what what Jenny's talking about. Because it takes it, it takes that turn away from like like that ugh, the the grit and it starts to like polish a little bit more. You know, and like those are smoothed out choruses and it becomes more of a catchy pop song in the way that like modern rock radio makes catchy pop songs you know what i oh, mean yeah. like oh yeah it it definitely isn't a new it's not a new chorus it's a it's a pop rock
0: chorus yeah you're gonna be hearing that more in a in a party pit than you would yeah you in a, in a full-on mosh pit as a muse
3: fan i <laughs>
0: Oh, oh man The winds of the
3: past.
2: Oh, the winds of the past.
0: Matt. Uh, well, so we're, we're trucking along. We're making good time. Uh, Jenny, real quick, uh, you know, you reading the book, did you feel that perhaps you could have stepped in as an executive at New Line Pictures at any point?
1: Uh, the way that they describe becoming an executive at New Line makes me want to say yes <laughs> it's, it sounds like they just like pull some asshole in from doing whatever There's like you want to be an executive here yeah give it a shot based on the the anecdotes that were shared in the book oh yeah how about you
0: I definitely felt that I could as well. Uh, one gentleman describes basically just cornering people at parties and saying, I love Freddy. I love Jason. And they're like, fine, d- d- run it. And I was like, that that easy? And then uh, there were at least a couple people. Yeah, Goyer got a, got a script writing gig basically because his girlfriend was like, can you look at this, please? We need some help. And then another guy hadn't even written anything, but they just had a good vibe. And he liked some animation they did. So he was like, write a script. They'd never written a script before. Yeah, a lot of situations like that. I mean, a couple, there was the guys who were writing for Star Trek and they got a uh, a jump on it. Yeah, it just seemed really just sort of like, yeah, if you want to do that, yeah, go for it. It's fine. So yeah, I, I really, when you read this book, it's just an inspirational tale of like, go out to LA, get a job, being an assistant, being a gopher, maybe work in a mailroom. And one day, somebody's going to come up to you, and they're going to be like, hey, do you like Aquaman? And they'll be like, yeah, I love Aquaman. And they'll be like, we can't figure it out. Can you just figure this out? Um, there was some sh- there was some particular shade at one point, and they talked to one guy, and he said, you will not believe how embarrassed most of these execs are of the products that they make. And that's why the X-Men movies are so bad. <laughs> He's like, because everyone there is just like, what are we doing? He's got claws, and they're just like, yeah, but it's fine. People like it. He's like, oh, I'm so uh, – can you just wear, like, a jacket? Can he not wear a costume? <laughs> yeah, so – and that definitely sounds like a situation here, like why this movie kind of took so long to get going. And it's kind of miraculous that it ends up the way it is because, I mean, this is Freddy versus Jason. They don't water it down. They don't water it down.
3: Once Jason gets into the dream world – they poured gasoline on the movie. It's like, yeah, this is really all i all I wanted
0: <laughs> and then Jason gets knocked around like a pinball, and then Freddie says tilt
1: oh, right yes, yeah. yeah, I will say this book makes it sound easy to stumble into things if you're a dude <laughs> 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 the only time a woman was mentioned it, was because they were an executive producer on this movie, but it wasn't because of that. It was because the person who did the, like the script cleanup on the final product was like, I did it as a favor to my girlfriend. And we learned that this executive producer is his girlfriend. So I think that this stumbling into, into success in such a way may only apply to some Roach Riders. Fewer indigo angels, I'd say.
0: Break that glass ceiling with a machete. Oh boy. Oh boy.
1: All right. Up next, we've got Sun Doesn't Rise, Mushroom Head. Some
2: kind of eminence,
4: some kind of reason why.
3: Lauren gave me the wave of please
0: turn this. Off. Listen, we've 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 done this album. It's from Xiii. I was hoping you way, were gonna say this. Only I'm way to pronounce that title. And you know, this is honestly, it's one of the better Mushroomhead songs. It makes sense for Freddie versus Jason. Everyone in Mushroomhead wears a mask. But the funny thing though is, as much as I think everybody, you would think they'd all be be Jason guys. I think all the Mushroom Head guys are Freddie guys. Because their videos are gross. The Gross. Just like Freddie. Just like Freddie. Jenny, any additional thoughts on Mushroom Head?
1: I will say I can appreciate that they at least bring something a little weird and distinctive, at least vocally, to the table. I was getting a little, little bit of a snooze fest, these couple of these songs. So I can appreciate whatever's going on with mushroom head <laughs> in the context of this record
0: they're they're going for it yep um i don't have anything else to add on okay
1: that. all right up next we've got i think a roach coach first here uh condemned until rebirth hate breed
4: Your Lord! your demons
0: I fucking loved this <laughs> I was reading these lyrics and listening to this song and I was blown away because I was like, is this is this a situation where like this guy's like I got a band we're called Hate Breed and we're about to rip some shit up and someone said Have you thought about talking to a therapist first though? Yeah, sure, why not? And that's how you get the chorus. How can I forgive you if I never knew your pain? And how can I can forgive you when I can't forgive myself?
2: Whoa,
0: Jamie, Jamie Josta will bring it to you that way. Did not, ex- did not accept, did not expect any self-reflection on the Freddie vs. Jason soundtrack.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, not my first go around with Hatebreed, not my first go around with the album. That this is, uh, I'm not even. I it says that it's on their second album, but I only saw it tacked on as a 17th track. So I don't know if it was added as like a a bonus track or something later on. I don't remember this being on that album, but it the says- album. I'm go sorry. Ahead. It says
0: in, it says in the liner notes that it was uh, like an unreleased demo that they polished up for the soundtrack.
1: Yes. Okay. So. That that makes sense. the The album that they must have this must have been a demo for does contain the song "Smash Your Enemies," which if you haven't heard and you were feeling this, go ahead and listen to "Smash Your Enemies" and, and have a good old time. Um, it's a good record, I think.
0: Yeah, I was more on board for this than than Killswitch. So, which I feel like in my head, Hatebreed and Killswitch were like interchangeable, but definitely not because Hatebreed. There's no, there's no family the opera Hate- shit going on here with these guys. No,
1: Hatebreed is a hardcore band. Yeah, um, definitely not, not anything like Killswitch Engage. And, and I'm so glad to have shared this and to have activated a pit.
0: Oh yeah, how could you not? <laughs> Matt are are you are you a hatebreed convert as well?
3: I'm a convert. Yeah, I I think I'm coming into the game way late with Hatebreed. They weren't one of those bands that grabbed me at the time that they were out, but every time we
0: listen to some Hatebreed, I'm always like this fucking rules. These guys, I mean, they got one of those, I feel like a hate breed pit's got to be like a real athletic pit. I feel like everyone's doing stretches before they go in there, man, because you're going to be doing, I feel like everyone's going to be doing kick flips. That's just my feeling with stuff like this. Um, also, condemned until rebirth. What a title. Also, could tie into the movie. There you go. Because what's exciting. Freddy trying to do? He's trying to be reborn. Remember me.
1: He's condemned. Yep. <quarters> all right. Uh, all right. Up next we've got Snap by Slipknot.
4: One more time <fruit> I'm gonna snap. <sands> One more time I'm gonna snap. 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 One more time I'm gonna go snap. One more time I'm gonna go snap. One more time I'm gonna go snap. I
3: mean, it would get a pit going. One, two, look out behind you. It's gonna be on all you. bring some
4: case of be a me? You your Look at your It doesn't matter what price you win. the killer in your eyes. I'm I'm a
0: that's a hot one right there yeah that's a hot one i wrote my notes i love it this is some raw knot i think it's great it does sound like because this is listed as a 97 demo that it's pretty clear that they pillage parts of this for spit it out from the first album And yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, is what I wanted to hear. I mean, just yelling, snap, I'm going to snap, I'm going to snap, I'm going to snap. Perfect. Exactly what you need for Freddy versus Jason. You could even just give this to Jason on his own, but having Freddy there, a gift in itself. So loved it. Jenny, thoughts?
1: I agree. I wrote classic. And there's one point where it sounds like he says, (laughs) going to (laughs) snap. For a long time, and that made me laugh. So, gonna snop Gonna snob. <laughs> okay. Uh, loved it. All right. Up next, we've got Army of Me by Chimera.
0: Into this, I was sad it was not a Bjork cover, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. A lot of song titles on this album make you think: Is this gonna be? Is this gonna be a cover? I
1: know. Is this gonna be?
0: Is this gonna be Leanne Rhymes? It's is not. This gonna be Bjork? Bjork, but it's not. You wish and you hope and <laughs> you dream. Oh boy, a chimera cover of army of me. I mean, that's already a pretty heavy song. You know what? I know they're not together. Reunite. Do it, do it, do it, do be our cover. Why not? Perfect thing. Perfect time for Mia a cover. Mia, you complains that it's not a cover, baby. Uh, this thing, I thought I wrote that the riff is sinister, perfect for Freddy versus Jason. I wrote that this rules. It feels very new metal to me, and has the lyric "coward and crooks surrounded by liars, killers, and haters." You guys, wow. you guys. Jail,
1: jail the haters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Truly. I uh, I thought this was great. It made me want to listen to more Chimera. Uh, from what I can tell, this is from the Impossibility of Reason sessions. But was not included on the album initially. I believe there may have be been a reissue. They may have tacked this on as a bonus track later on. This is a hot one. This was one of my favorite ones on the record. Jenny, thoughts on Army of Maine?
1: Uh, I really liked the opening riff. Thought it was a fun jam. I'm for it.
3: There you go, Matt. It's getting the damn job done. I enjoyed that one. I don't remember going Gaga over Chimera,
0: but uh, I like that song. There is one comment I want to mention in SongMeanies.com. It is from Quiff Porn.
3: Oh, there they are.
0: Who said, I think this is a great song. I think Mark is just talking about how everyone around him makes him sick. It was on the credits of Freddie vs Jason as well, which earns it even more points, as far as I'm concerned. Quiff porn, a person of taste.
1: There you go. All right. Up next, we've got the after dinner payback from Autumn to Ashes.
4: I'm not god why writing is for you! I sleep light, in the dark
0: You know it's coming.
3: Yeah, I have to wait for it. Oh, from Autumn to Ashes.
0: There you are in 2003. And you're like, what's the future going to bring? For the heavy music that i love let me take a dip into Freddy vs. jason soundtrack you're getting some familiar nu metal moments you're getting a little bit of this kill switch operatic mixed with the heavy get your hardcore hate breed then this song comes on this thing sticks out like a sore thumb but in the case of freddie vs. jason sticks out like a severed thumb This sounds like proto My Chemical Romance. A lot of emotion. Feels like an indicator of things to come. I love My Chemical Romance. I do not love this. Jenny, thoughts?
1: I don't like this at all. (laughs) And, in (laughs) fact, this, to me, this band specifically, I remember there being, like, people that, I knew maybe I wasn't close with but I knew who were like very into it and I remember at this time I think it was like you'd you'd often find yourself like on LiveJournal or Friendster maybe even MySpace a bit and there would be like dudes that I'd like meet and be like I don't know he might be kind of and like I'd see that they were into shit like this and be like oh no no, no.
3: Uh, no, 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 no! No.
1: Uh, no, 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 no! I really, really don't like this song, and I really don't like this band. I'm sorry.
0: As it goes along, I just remember thinking they're going to hit me with some some smooth boy I'm not here for, and it's it's really just going to be the reveal that they just got a whole drawer of white belts. You know, that's just how it felt like it was going to be. So, yeah, I wasn't really here for this one. This one. It feels, it does feel like an interloper, but at the same time, it it also is that thing where I can't not acknowledge the fact that it's like the future to come, you know? This is that part in Boogie Nights when the guy shows up and he's like, you can't show your pornos in movie theaters anymore, VHS, baby. And they're like, what? That's this song.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so the art is dead.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's just moved to a different venue, Matt.
3: Ah. Well, this venue definitely has swoopy ass hair. I can guarantee you that.
0: Yeah. Listen, nobody can see a thing because it's well, just white belts. all bangs.
3: White belts, swooped hair, swooped hair, <laughs> metal ish by the number. I don't know. That beginning, I think I've heard a trillion times. You know, like, yeah. you know, throw drums down the stairs and then, like, all right. Alright, I know who you guys are. And I was waiting for that whiny vocal to come in. It
0: was it was coming. It was like a threat. It was like here it comes. And uh, this band
3: nab- name sucks too. Fuck these
0: guys. Wow. <laughs> from autumn. Matt, Matt, I just want you to think about think about the cycle of life. Okay? You're born, you grow up, you mature, you get older, you die. I believe that's from Autumn. To ashes, to ashes right it. right it's a lesson it's a lesson wow. now, i mean this is just like this
3: in 2003 is the beginning of a litany of terribly poetically unnecessary names
1: yeah i would agree Absolutely. with that uh also who knew who would have predicted that an hour into this episode, we could do a complete ruthless takedown of From Autumn to Ashes.
0: <laughs> no one saw the it. Coming. We've
1: ever been to a band. Just How a How dare gut they punch. appear on this soundtrack,
0: you yeah, fucking I won't, nerds. I won't even dip into song meanings. It's all emotion, it's all tears. Everybody, this song is about boyfriends, girlfriends, girls that they made eye contact with once who have shitty boyfriends that they need to leave.
1: Yeah, and as she- everyone who knows that listens to this show, no emotions allowed here.
0: Get them out of here. People are sick GTFO'd of wimpy music. Oh, you heard it. That's what Dez said. Kerrang, 97. They're tired of the wimp shit. Yeah. I need that real shit. That's that right. Real shit. Matt Pinkfield we got to- at the end of
3: Significant Other.
0: There yeah, this That's is
1: what he right. was talking
0: about.
3: All
1: right. All right. Let's do it. Up next, we've got Leech from our boys in Seven Dust.
0: So, you know, this show has not been the most welcoming to Seven Dust. We've never really totally shit on them. But it took till album three to even really get any actual tracks into the canon. And listening to this song, I was like, man, there's always that statement people say where they go, you only had one job. You know, you only had one job and you blew it. But I got to tell you, Seven Dust only have one job and they nail it. Every time. Giving you, I wrote in my notes, classic dust. This is classic dust. This is exactly what you want. Kind of a chunky riff. Lejean, Waylon, giving you that power. I thought this was great. I can't believe this was left off a record. Why not? This is great. This could have been a single, as far as I'm concerned. Loved it. Jenny, Thoughts?
1: My notes simply say "classic, solid Seven Dust song."
0: There you have it. There we go.
3: It's the dust doing the dust. I mean, once Lejean comes in, you know you're getting taken care of. You know he's gonna do the damn thing, slap in the face.
0: Yeah, I just was like, this this is what it's all about. If you're a Seven Dust fan, I don't see how they could ever really let you down. I mean, even if they were to deviate from this formula for a minute, they got to bop back into it. And what have they got? Like 11 albums or something? Trusty, dependable. Seven Dust.
1: Here we go. Up next, we've got Bombshell by (laughs) Fowerman5000.
4: Get up, get up, get up, get up, drop the bombshell, get up, get up, this is out of control. Drop the bombshell straight to the track The 21st century killing machine Burned on the inside a five-headed team Now I'm not the same, because you're not the same You're not the same, because I'm not the same If we're not the same, this could never be the same And we just want to survive Get up, get up, get up Drop the bombshell, get up, get up This is out of control
0: it's a power man dance party we got a party pit we're having a great time this is basically when worlds collide part two interesting to note producer on this track one terry date there he is mixer andy wallace andy wallace <laughs> yeah. we did it we did it uh i thought this was a lot of fun it even references when worlds collide in the lyrics at one point like it's like the like the hot follow-up like we're back power man's back I thought this was a whole lot of fun jenny what'd you think of this one
1: uh i wrote this should be in every early 2000s horror movie truly captures a vibe and a time
0: so, I liked it. i looked up this song And it turns out it is from their 2001 album, Anyone for Doomsday, a record that was pulled from release two weeks before it came out due to Spider-One's feeling that it was too similar to previous work. But that did not stop it from being released to critics. This album was reviewed by Rolling Stone magazine. They gave it one and a half stars wow. in one of the most vicious reviews I have ever read this side of one Robert Kreisgow. So it
3: was a takedown piece. It was a
0: full the, on. This was straight up sniper rifle from the book depository. Oh, no, my legs don't work anymore. What happened? This is. All right. Just buckle up. Whoa. It's nice for Rob Zombie. That his kid brother Spider-1 has franchised Zombies, Noise, Bad Attitude, and Haunted House Haberdashery. It makes his own Ministry seem original. Powerman 5000 have walked and robbed Shadow on two major label albums, and this third one stays timidly close to home. Doing without the hooks that put 99's Tonight the Stars Revolt on MTV... Anyone for Doomsday grimly goes through the industrial metal motions, churning out reanimated riffs, ghoulish groans, and lame living dead lyrics as if five sets of mortgage and alimony payments depended on it. You've heard this danceable din done with much more thought, feeling, and craft on Marilyn Manson and even orgy albums. Padded with between song interludes and blank space at the dis end, Anyone still sputters for less than 34 minutes, yet retiles for 1897. Drugs are cheaper and last longer.
3: Youch!
0: Wow. I'm going to need to call the police to report a murder.
1: That's...
0: In the burn unit. <laughs> the bur- the in- Listen, he was burned from head to toe, and then Barry Walters from Rolling Stone Magazine walked in and shot him in the face. Mm. <laughs> shot him in the... <laughs> mm. Mm. It is... I <laughs> mean, it just times. keeps going. I mean, and also he gets in so many other disses in there. He calls them McMinistry. He says that it's been done better, even orgy albums. Brutality. This is almost unfair. Really rough.
3: We're at the halfway point, guys. All yes, right.
1: we are.
3: Halfway point of the movie. We were watching two guys that we'd never met before
0: try to escape from a a mental institution. It's true. That, that is, is true. true. That is true. That is um, the main character Laurie's boyfriend who has been locked up because he saw what he thought was Laurie's dad kill Laurie's mom when in reality it was Freddy and Laurie's dad was trying to stop Freddy. That part's not really clear. But oh, the movie yeah. the movie clips, the movie clips along. Also, should we point out that everybody is fine? being in Lori's house after Jason has rolled in there, stabbed a guy a hundred times and folded up a bed. Like they're back in that house. No big deal.
2: They don't have a good night's
0: sleep. I mean, also you're at your friend's house with your boyfriend who sucks. And he's like, let's go upstairs and do it. And she's like, sure. Fine. But then you leave the door open. Rude. Mm. I don't know. Shut the door, flop a sock on it. Come on. Have some class. <laughs> flop a, flop sock. a sock. Flop a sock. You, there's got to be at least four between the two of you.
1: I don't know. Close Ankle the door. Ankle socks well, were first,
0: pretty big then. That's true.
3: First, oh. flop a sock. Two, shut the
0: door. <sighs> I'm just saying. Three, yeah. stop being such an asshole. <sighs> that guy. Really, one of the worst characters. Well, he Th- got... Not- Not the worst character, though.
1: Not the worst character, but he did get his. I will say, one thing I appreciated about this movie is that instead of focusing on just kind of, like, really grotesquely mutilating women, most of the kills we get that are really brutal are shitty dudes who have, like, done something shitty. And I liked that.
0: More of that, please. Yeah. More of that, please. I mean, more of that. I think we all could agree when we when we when we watch the movie that we're like, "Is Freddy versus Jason a feminist tract? It might be. It might be
1: closer than many horror movies of the time.
0: This is true. Although it does it does start out the movie does start out, but it doesn't end that way. As a bit of a titty watch.
1: Yes.
4: Yeah.
3: You get hit with bazooms right out the gate.
1: I was a little worried that it was going to be just a real tit fest.
3: A real spank and scream.
1: Yeah. I mean, trust me. I know a spank and scream when I see one. Uh, So (laughs) It's a real... <laughs> it's a real vag slapper. <laughs> a real vag
0: slapper. Yep. 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 A real a real clam storm, the whole deal. I think yep. really what's going on here is that we are doing everything we can to avoid doing the next song, but we have to
1: I think you're right. Okay. Up next we got Welcome to the Strange by Murder Dolls.
3: sure this isn't a bad a band called Tough Attitude.
0: If Enough is Enough was not taken, they could have. They, this could have been it. Although that was my feeling when this song was over, was Enough is Enough. <laughs> enough is Enough. <laughs> enough is Enough. And when we were doing Side Project Summer, a lot of bands were thrown at us. And somebody was like, oh, you guys should do the Murder Dolls. I was like, oh, who, who are they? And it's uh, Joey Jordanson from Slipknot. Trip, infamous trip from Static X. Mm. And Wednesday 13, who as far as I can tell is known from being in this band and his own band, Wednesday 13. Who I believe opened for Static X when we went to see them, but we did not get there soon enough.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: This is very glammy. Is not my kind of thing. I would almost dare to say at all. It has tinges of Marilyn Manson but really feels more akin to LA Guns glam rock type of thing I feel like the song if the song had stopped in the middle and the lead singer had said we out of the tie tonight I wouldn't have blinked I wouldn't have blinked because that's what this feels like this feels like it would slot in just perfect in between Buck Cherry Crazy Bitch and Patience my Guns N Roses. Would have slotted right in. I mean,
3: what what a what a three song run that would
0: be. I mean, listen, I'm just copying the songs I heard at Jenny's wedding. That's all I'm doing. All right. That's all <laughs> okay. I'm doing. Right.
3: Kick it off with Crazy Train.
0: Kick it <laughs> Kick It Off with cr- Crazy Train, yes. Then Crazy Bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We yep. just
1: went in order.
0: Yeah. So. It was Britney Spears crazy, crazy train, <laughs> crazy bitch. And I was just like, are we just running through all the C's of your iPod, Jenny? And you turned of it to be wet. And then straight to Patience. Right. Yeah, big jump. Because I was like, no, we're not
1: just going in alphabetical order. Why would Patience be next if we were? There's a lot <laughs> of letters. I got really defensive at my wedding. She did. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, wait, Jenny. What did What did you think? Oh, right. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't. You're like trying it. to skip out in on this one. <laughs> you no, know, I mean that is.
3: Are I, you going to take a bold <laughs> fuck the murder doll
1: stance? No, you know what? I'd like, I'd like everybody just to. You get to decide what I feel about this song. Whatever you think I feel is what I feel. I I think you could probably guess. Not for me. Not I, for I, me. I,
3: that was gonna say um, that it's not for you.
1: Yeah, I think we <laughs> could say that. the The whole like aesthetic of this band is real tough for me in general. What
3: do you mean? It looks like a whole bunch of mystery.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like
3: I feel like These I'm gonna guys get... are
0: pickup artists. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've never seen this much peacocking since actual peacocks. Like everyone's like, I've got a hat, I've got crazy bandanas and i'm ready you, to neg i'm gonna neg the shit out of you nice shoes for a girl
1: <laughs> i don't know yeah it's I just like the, your it's haircut not...
3: when'd you get it did a dog do it boom nagged you nagged yeah can we f- can we sleep together now
0: <sighs> sure. my favorite my favorite <laughs> tip that i remember from the pickup artist show which was it called the pickup artist jenny yes yes was them saying a really good one is to say, did you see that fight in the parking lot? And then like 12 nerds all going into a club and all going up to random girls going, you see that fight in a parking lot? And every single person being disoriented be like, wait, what? Who are you? There's a fight. What? Everyone's just confused, completely thrown off. And then Mystery's up in the booth and he's like, they're nailing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My favorite tip from that show... Was that you need to have an accessory that stands out, but has like some sort of like a tactile Tactile. thing to it. That was the grossest one to me. This past week on The Bachelor, well, it'll be two weeks ago when this airs, there was a a physical touch challenge that um, reminded me of that, that episode of The Pickup Artist. Where they're just like, yeah, you have to have them like feeling this stuff. Claire, who's the bachelorette, had these dudes put on blindfolds and they just felt each other and made out. I'm like, this is the second episode of the season. It was too much. The season's a real drama fest if you're not watching it.
0: When did they film this? (sighs) Pre-COVID?
1: No. So they were (laughs) set. I'm upset. I think I'm going to have to tell you, but I'm going to give you the quickest. They were set to start filming it. COVID hit. They stalled production for probably two months. Then they had everybody quarantined at a resort in the middle of California. So they're all quarantined on this resort together to be able to film.
3: (sighs) And just so everybody knows, if you are an Amazon Prime member, season one of The Pickup Artist is not currently available in your area.
1: It's not? What? You built me up. You, I was. I thought I was about to. I
0: thought my weekend was
1: handled.
3: Yours and mine both, because I thought it was. Like I started saying that sentence, and then I started looking for the play button, and I couldn't find it because I saw the beauty (laughs) of mystery.
0: (laughs) He got you. He got you. He He almost made a sale. He got You almost bought the season. I did he got me with his
3: method because he's wearing a top hat with mm. like g- goggles
4: on the top hat yeah, and then
3: a pirate shirt and I'm like of course of course <sighs> that's his look
4: <sighs>
3: alright
1: we gotta keep going we're doing we do. alright we do. we're doing we do. alright here okay up next we've got oh, oh right that's where we are <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, OK, Up next we've got out of my way by seether.
3: Ready or Jason? Open up a butt at any point in the movie that I might have slept through.
1: This song is the embodiment of a pickup truck. It's pure butt. This whole you can't hold me down, give it up, son. I'm doing it my way. Fuck this song. I got it to say. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys. Uh, <laughs> Lauren's gonna be like This song really touched oh, no. me emotionally Alright all right. <laughs> this, is,
0: this is what I wrote In my notes These guys are a weird confluence of grunge And metal and alt rock And where it all comes together For butt And it's kind of also alt It's not for me But just the other day We got A message from A good friend of the show Scott Bowling and Scott got to sit down with John Humphrey from Cedar and got him to take a picture with <laughs> one of our right. shirts. Right. So thank you, John. Thank you, Scott. This is still butt rock. Not really. This one's not for me. I've heard they have some things that are a little more new. I haven't heard them, but that's what I've heard. Um. But, uh, yeah, this thing, I I understand, and I could be wrong, that the lead singer is from South Africa. Can anyone confirm that? No. Is that true? No, no.
1: One, can <laughs> no <laughs> one can confirm. No <laughs> one can confirm.
3: No one can confirm that. I was going to look it up, but now I'm no not. No one can confirm no, that. I'll, but it, I'll
1: look it up. I just didn't know. My no was that I couldn't confirm. But, uh, yes, it sounds like this band is from South Africa.
0: And it feels like his accent is he's one of those cases where he has heard a lot of stuff and he is approximating all of the, the vocals that he has heard from his life that he loves all in one place. And it's, it's a lot, but it is interesting because it comes out at the same time as, you know, something like puddle of mud, which, you know, sounds like, you know, you sort of have fake Nirvana vocals on top of, but, you know, I would dare to say Puddle and is a lot worse than Seether. I don't think I'm out of line saying that. Q, Scott, sending me a picture with that guy holding our shirt. But Yeah.
1: Now, I'll uh, tell you what Seether I do like. Oh, yeah. The Veruca Salt song.
0: Oh, oh, oh what a classic. What a classic! What, what a song. Love Veruca Salt.
1: Me too. All right. Up next, we've got Inside the Cynic. Stone sour. <laughs>
4: I've poisoned them up too Why was I tending in the team to rule Somewhere between the madness and my mind I live with legions discovered the humankind yeah. I wonder endlessly amongst the hurt
0: shadows
3: i imagine there's a chorus coming
0: it's coming all right All right, I'm going to say it. This, we've had a lot of push for us to do Stone Sour record, that first Stone Sour record. And this is easily the best Stone Sour song I've ever heard. This thing approximates some ripping. doesn't quite rip, but it's close. It's almost there. I wrote my notes. Here comes Corey. He's a no berserker. Sleep. He's a berserker. He's coming for it. He gives a little maniacal laugh up top. We're going for it. So I was, uh, I was honestly pleasantly surprised by this one. I saw Stone Sour on the, on the listing, and I went, oh, boy. I also saw that it was on the same soundtrack as a Slipknot song and a Mushroomhead song. Very intense vibes going on here. But I th- I, th- I thought it kinda of pulled it off. Jenny, what'd you think?
1: I think this might be the first time I've listened to Stone Sour, unless we've listened to some of it on the show, which we probably we did have.
0: The live songs from uh, one of the uh, Family Values.
1: Right. Right. Like <laughs> say, so we did a whole album well fuck me. Uh, I I didn't really like the song, but I also didn't hate it. Um, I felt kind of middle of the road. Like if I have to listen to something that sounds like this, this doesn't seem like the worst of it. To me. But you know, that
3: Sure. Matt. Bleh. Um <laughs> <bleh>. that it? <laughs> that it No, I I, I didn't <sighs> I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. I and mean, and I think that's because Corey did more of the rockin' rock star vocal chorus than the He he has like a couple speeds that he gets into. He's got the growl, yell. Didn't do that, obviously. Then he's got, like, the real, like, Singy, thing. He didn't quite do that. He's kind of in that weird rock and roll middle space, which is not my favorite version of Corey. So the chorus left me a little cold. But Uh other than that, I was about to activate a pit at the beginning. And then I I cooled my... uh, cool myself
0: off Cooled wow. yourself off all right all right um jenny any any spare freddie versus jason thoughts how new metal did the movie feel to you
1: it was pretty new metal i'd say just it, it was new metal in the way that 2003 was new metal it felt like very much a movie of its time um There was one glaring exception that Sweet Mitchell pointed out, was that for most of the movie, there was like a a very distinct lack of homophobia or homophobic jokes, which if you watch a lot of movies from the late 90s, early 2000s, it tends to be like the joke. Right. Um, It's
3: straight gay panic. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: All those American Pie movies, yeah.
1: But this movie still drink
0: to. juice lauren he did he did 100 percent. i mean sorry you know <laughs> i'm just sorry
1: it's, i don't know people drink juice you know what are you gonna do what are you gonna
0: do
3: <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs>
1: what, are you, gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do i don't know what to tell you just accept it and move on through. Life. yeah truly um, but, <laughs> but this movie with the exception of one very glaring line that Kelly Rowland states when she's roasting Freddie, um, which apparently Lauren, you're telling me is some some great mystery and under dispute of where that line yes. originated.
0: So, in the movie, uh, near the finale, Freddie has cornered our heroes, Laurie and her boyfriend, played by Jason Ritter who I can't remember his character's name. I want to say it's like Mark or something. I don't know. In any event, Freddy is going to take him out. Kelly Rowland's character, Kia, distracts Freddy. Says, hey. And Freddy's like, all right. Actually, I think I think Freddy even says dark meat, which is... Cringy. Kind of cringy, but... He's Freddy Krueger. He's a child murderer. He's going to maybe be a little racist. And so he starts to approach her. And then she starts making fun of how he's dressed. And she calls him a faggot. When I saw this movie in the theater, I remember that moment happening and the whole audience going. Like everyone was like, whoa. Oh, and Freddy even himself looks a little taken aback. But also, how offended can he be? He murders children. <laughs>
3: it's like, hey hey hey, 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 hey,
0: hey, hey! I'm not, I'm not gay. I just murder kids. <laughs> well, <laughs> totally, I think like totally the into
4: murdering children, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) bitch.
1: Right. Well, I think, though, Lauren, one of the things that you said was speculated was that that was improvised. And the surprised reaction to that, because it really does stick out, I think, like you said before, like a severed thumb in this movie. Because there's just such a distinct lack of that shit. It was like, whoa. So maybe...
0: Well, what's interesting is in the book, they interview the writers of this movie, the two gentlemen who finally got to actually nail this movie down. And they talk about that line and they, they pause when they're asked about it. And they said, all we're going to tell you is we didn't write it. We were shocked when it showed up in the movie. We made a stink about it and it still made it to final cut. So they didn't say, but they but the indication seemed to be that it was not on the page. So it was not their call, and it wasn't a Goyer edition either, when he did his polish. That it was somebody on set. Either either Kelly Rowland improvised it or somebody fetter the line. I don't know. All we know is that after she says that to Freddie. Freddie approaches her, doesn't get too close. Then he's like, hey, behind you. And then Jason hits Kelly Rowland with his machete, slamming her into a tree. And she is dead. <laughs> dead zone. Yeah. Done. Because everybody That's knows
3: that Jason hates
0: homophobia. <sighs> he's, he's He hates a lot of things. He hates it when you have sex. He hates it when you drink and smoke and ignore the fact that he is drowning. Hates all of that. But homophobia oh yeah that drowning scene by the way
3: <laughs> that guy is going to town on that girl but there's somebody else on the porch acting like nothing is happening
0: it's it's a surreal sequence i gotta tell you that was the one moment that did take me back and made me think about the majesty of cinema and seeing a film projected on a big screen because when freddie comes out of the water into the air and the screen is this beautiful red i remember thinking This looked amazing on the big screen. Looks pretty good on my TV, but it looked amazing on the big screen. So I wanted to say everybody wear a mask. Let's get this vaccine, baby. Let's get back in them theaters. All right.
1: All right. Up next, we've got Sweeney the Dead, Devil Driver.
3: this song's about
0: matt swing them dead
3: if the next burst is about a uh, quantum mechanics then i apologize but it seems that's mainly about swinging the
0: dead <laughs> it is and in my notes i wrote that this song is sick as fuck <laughs> the song's great this is great i loved it it's got a gallop It rules hard jenny
1: uh Very fun song. Daz's vocals, a little muppety. That's always fun. Very silly song. There's fun groove. I would listen to it. I think they played this when we saw them.
0: I think so. It felt very familiar, and it did take me back. Man, that Devil Driver set. They really did it with that one. Every single song, just insane. The visuals, all all that Satan stuff. Oh, uh, what a show. <laughs> what a show. All that Satan stuff. <laughs> so much Satan stuff, man. So much.
1: Loved it. All right. Up next, we've got The Waste by Sepultura featuring Mike Patton.
0: Jenny, you are a huge Mike Patton fan. What did you think of this song?
1: I really liked it, actually. Uh, I I wrote Sepultura and Mike Patton, A Dream Team. I think I love this song. It's definitely a huge change of pace for this record, though. I don't understand what it's doing here, (laughs) both in the context (laughs) of the soundtrack and the movie. I did like it. A lot, but um, it really, really came out of nowhere, I felt like. What did you think, Lauren?
0: I loved it. I was really surprised by When I saw that it was Mike Patton with Sepultura, I was not sure what to expect. And it feels very new. It reminds me, honestly, of Slipknot in a lot of ways. And it was interesting because, as we've determined, Faith No More, a papa, and... It's really not even, it's not really so much about the lyrics, it's like a vibe. And I was not expecting a song on this soundtrack to be a vibe. Because everything else on here is pretty hard charging. We are swinging the dead. You know, we are dealing with, you you know, the Power Man 5000 bombshell bopping. You know, things that feel much more on a message, you know, with a heavy momentum. And this feels... Yeah, like they're in no hurry. They're just vibing, almost in like a canyon jam kind of way. That kind of gets nutty, but it just is just kind of all over the place. I loved it. It's it's honestly probably one of my favorite songs on on uh, on the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, that was great, Matt.
3: This album does not need to be twenty tracks. Oh, it, Matt, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure of it. And it needs to be more of this meaning it's Freddy versus Jason. It's two icons that you never thought you'd see together coming together. I would never put Sepultura and Mike Patton together, but you put them together and you see what happens. I think they have a big missed opportunity with this soundtrack.
0: Matt, if you read this book, which Jenny and I read in... I don't want to say a hurried fashion, but sometimes you'd be reading this book and you'd be like, how many more times is a motherfucker going to try to write Freddy versus Jason before they make it?
1: <laughs> True. I'm just like, make the fucking thing.
0: Just make it. make it. Just make it. This one's fine. Make this one. And they're just like, Sean didn't like it. It's like, fucking Sean,
1: just make it. Who's
0: Sean? Sean Cunningham. Sean, Sean, there's two gentlemen who are working together to make... Sh- Freddy versus Jason, the Sean and there's Michael and you think, well, eventually these motherfuckers are going to figure it out. They're going to put it together. They're going to make the record of their dreams, the record. They're going to make the movie of their dreams, I should say. And they can never agree. They can never agree. There's always some weird friction that they can never agree on and you start to realize like there's your problem right there you just need one guy you just need one guy who can say yes this is what i want to do but it's like michael liked it sean didn't like it sean liked it michael didn't like it and it goes on and on and on until one day i I can't remember the order who gets fired first sean or michael
1: i think sean goes first
0: Yeah, Sean gets fired, and then Michael gets fired. So when it all comes down to it, neither of them is even there when they finally make the movie. (laughs) Hmm. Because they just kept hemming and hawing. Now, am I glad they skipped the one script that ends with it was all a dream? Absolutely. Also, there's a good tip in there, which is funny because this is a New Line film, and was Spawn also New Line? Yes. Yes. There's a comment because there's at least two, if not Maybe I think maybe four of these scripts that end with an ultimate fight in hell between Freddy and Jason. And an exec says, never film hell. It always looks like shit. And it just made me think of Spawn. And I was like, did this guy not talk to the Spawn people? <laughs> and give them that note? Um, but yeah, because ultimately, yeah, they do not fight in hell. And I think that's a smart move.
1: A lot of boxing rings get mentioned oh, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, of, so many. A lot of boxing could have
0: happened. A lot of boxing, a lot of uh, running into other serial killers. That happens a lot. Um, way too many attempts. We talked about it earlier of uh, trying to merge the two backstories so that Freddie is a camp counselor at the camp where Jason drowns. No. And oh, they tried to do that a lot, Matt. And then. Some sick motherfuckers, like, what if Freddie rapes Jason? That's in at least three of them, right, Jenny?
1: I think that was just in one.
0: Just in one? No, it, comes it, up. it was in,
1: it was part of the like Bottrell treatment because it was in the, I think it was in the middle one of those.
0: Oh, the bot, the bottom treatment. Bot, you said Bottrell. Bot- I'm, I'm <laughs> no, a not
2: Jason.
1: <laughs> I'm taking us back to Bottrell. Uh, yes. And, yeah, I think one person wrote it and then it persisted into the next draft. And they were like, no, 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 no.
0: Yeah. And then they uh, they talked to uh, they talk to uh, Robert Englund in the book. And they asked him about that, that decision at one point to try to make him also a child rapist. And he's like, how did he put it? He goes, I believe it's a little like gilding the lily. I already kill kids. What more do you need? <laughs> like- Very true.
3: <laughs> England England wants points on the
0: back end He's doing fine (laughs) Well let me tell you If you come out of this book being like Who's a great person? Robert Englund 100% everybody says Nothing but glowing things About Robert Englund in this book And then when they talk to him He sounds like a complete fucking gentleman
1: There we go right, we got (laughs) We got got five songs left Uh, Only Yep, 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 yep. We can do it. Uh, all right, up next, we got Middle of Nowhere by The Blank Theory. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and what's going on? Is some good time rock and, rock and roll, roll. Hey. rock and roll, baby. I was, I was like, ooh, the Blank Theory. Okay, all right. And then I went and I checked the long list, baby. They're on it. They're on the long list already. People Figured. Push. And I was like, this is it. This chorus, get this to rock radio in two thousand two, so you can own the summer, own the summer with this song ring ring 89x it's me caller i gotta hear that middle of nowhere put it on i'm gonna hang out with my buddies i gotta hear the jam gotta hear that chorus it's a hot one i loved it jenny
1: uh i agree i wrote get this on the radio um it doesn't feel like anything visionary to me but like this is total radio rock of this era um The record that this is on, put out by New Line Records.
0: New Line Records. Look at that synergy. There you go. Interesting feature. So I'm looking in the liner notes here. tells you this is taken from their album, Beyond the Calm of the Corridor. On the long list. Be ready. It's coming. Producer, one, Tim Padalan. Not familiar with Tim. But wait, there's additional production I'm telling you, you got to buckle up, you guys. Additional production by James Eha and Adam Schlesinger. Whoa, James Eha of Smashing Pumpkins? And Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne. That's right. The late, great Adam Schlesinger, by the way. R.I.P. What a run. What are these guys doing? I've already been in an iconic band. I've already been in an iconic band. Let's dip in. Let's dip into some new. Why not? incredible you know they had you know that chorus that chorus is sweet you know you know Adam helped with that
3: absolutely absolutely that was his (laughs) bread and butter
0: it was the man the man had a gift he truly did for hooks for hooks he was a hook machine incredible
1: well you're gonna be (laughs) begging for Adam on this next song (laughs) 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 up next we've got Ether by Nothing (laughs) Face
4: I'll never hesitate Because I'm too good for that I'll never show restraint Because there's no need for that I know everyone
3: Go to Tooltown, but pull
0: out a big chorus. They really do. I wrote in my notes, what a chorus. We know nothing face. Truly the lost legends of New Metal. These guys. Love Nothing Face. Love them. This is from their final record, Skeletons. And I thought it was great. I I will say this record is twenty songs long. Some I won't say who, might say, it doesn't need to have 20 songs on it. Mm-hmm. But when this is one of the 20, and we're in, we're in the tail end of this, all right, I am mad. Thank you. Thank you. Jenny?
1: By the time we get to this song, I'm too tired for something that is this tempo. I need to be woken up or put to sleep (laughs) don't keep me in this weird middle state so i think if this had shown up earlier or on a soundtrack that was less than 20 songs i probably would have felt differently but i wrote put me out of my misery (laughs) my
0: notes oh jenny you said that on track 17 or 20
1: yeah (laughs) i hung in there for a while
0: Oh, well, I mean, you know what? Props to you to getting in all the way to 17 before you felt that way. Thank you so much.
1: It's it's certainly not a bad song, but I just think by the time we got here, I was like, ah,
0: I'm done.
1: Come on. (laughs) All right. Up next, we've got Trigger by In Flames.
0: recorded in a forest <laughs> yes matt it was recorded in a forest at christmas time which is why it sounds like mannheim steamroller and like guitars this is it's that type of metal music it just sounds like christmas music to me i cannot stand it <laughs> <laughs> this song could have shown up on track Wait, two of this album. f in flames Listen, people have been telling us you got to do in flames, you got to do in flames, and then people go, don't do in flames, absolutely not, don't do them. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. They got this one record. They got this one record. It's like new metal. It like, gets kind of new metal. And I'm pretty sure this is from that album. This is from the album Reroot to Remain. I'm pretty sure that's the one everybody's talking about. The verses have a little bit of new, but you got that Steve Vai Manheim steamroller guitar sound going on in the background. G. T-F-O, onto your sleigh, get out of here to your Christmas tree. I'm not here for this. This is on Freddy vs. Jason. This is a Halloween time album, buddy. Hmm. Jingle bells away from me, please, and thank you.
1: What else is there to say? (laughs) What else is there to say? Jenny, Jenny, do you have
0: anything? I mean, 18 tracks in. I mean, you must have just been like, you know... Please, grandma got run over by a reindeer. I want to be run over by a reindeer.
1: More or less. I wrote, People tell me I love this band and I disagree. <laughs> That's all. No.
0: I mean, no, I just, I cannot. How does this not sound like Christmas music to everybody? I'm sorry. This what sounds like. What are you like... listening to at Christmas? <laughs> no this kidding. Is... This is giving me straight up Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas what? is you vibes. Huge. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't. <laughs> That's a horrible does, thing it, to say. It, it is. It is. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it gives me total, yeah, total Mannheim steamroller. Like, yeah. I That's all I hear. That's yeah. all I hear.
1: I feel, I feel you when you say the Mannheim steamroller thing. I guess I just... You know, I'm more of like a WNIC, which is a local radio station, <laughs> Christmas vibe kind of person. Uh, they'll they'll
0: flip they'll slip it in. They'll slip yeah. that in every now and again, <laughs> in between see. a Last Christmas. They'll 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 slip it in there. Um, which Last Christmas, one of the great Christmas songs. A great Christmas song. Great Christmas uh,
1: song. All right. We got two more.
3: You know, it's not a great Christmas song. (laughs) Eleventh Hour by Lamb of God. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, let's see.
1: This could be your new favorite Christmas song. We'll find out. Eleventh Hour by Lamb of God.
4: Merry Christmas.
3: Lamb of God is Jesus.
0: So Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you as well, Matt. Um, <laughs> I uh, I will say that um, I did not like this song either. It is better than In Flames, uh, but I still did not think it was very good. I was surprised to find out that this is from an album that apparently catapulted them to fame so this is clearly this is from the uh, album as the palaces burn and more power to you but this is not for me also when i listened to it i just felt like there was like no bottom end to it like it just felt like all troubling sounded a little bit more i felt like i heard more bottom end when you played it matt i don't know i wrote i'm gonna pass not for me not the worst thing i've ever heard but I'm not, I'm not here for Lamb of God. Jenny?
1: Uh, I'm not a big Lamb of God person, um, especially as time goes on. Especially as time goes on.
0: <laughs> as the passage of time occurs, Jenny, you just find yourself more and more just not being around the idea of Lamb of God.
1: Yes. Uh, this song, though, is probably the best Lamb of God song I've heard. But I still don't like it that much. But the riffs were fun. Um, but yeah. Wah, wah. Matt,
0: Matt, any thoughts on Lamb of God? Not really. Okay,
3: I I know that that's uh really not for me.
0: Okay, did you have any questions for us?
3: Uh, quick, no, we already know the answer to this question. But how respectful of our time is this album?
1: This album comes in at seventy-seven minutes and fifty-nine seconds.
3: Too much, Papa. Need a nap.
1: I have to say though, in fairness to the book. The book, this this thing took like more than 10 years to get made. The movie itself, a little more than an hour and a half, maybe a little under an hour, around an hour and a half. This album, about an hour, 16, 17, our podcast. We're over two, baby. We are We're over not... two, <laughs> too,
0: baby. So... We're official. We're officially longer than the movie, longer than the soundtrack. We are closer, you could say, in length to the development of Freddy versus Jason than we are to the act of the film. That's so, true. We've fair got
1: enough. we've got one song left.
0: One uh, song.
1: Here we go. This is We Were Electrocute typo negative.
3: If I had this on vinyl, that would drive me crazy.
4: (laughs) Would it bat?
3: style soundtrack
0: you guys i'm on a big typo negative kick right now and i realized that every single type of negative song that i've ever heard out in the wild on the radio random videos somebody shares somewhere on social media every single song is good i love these guys i'm just getting to them way too late R.I.P. Peter Steele. Got to mention that. This is, I think, the best song in the album. Incredible finale. When it starts, it's the perfect tempo to take us out. After everything we've gone through, all of the hardcore, all the new, all the butt, all the surprising Christmas music, this is the perfect way to take us out. It's and it's from one of their albums. It's. Let me make sure I got the right one here is from the album life is killing me and it seems to be about the infamous Elizabeth who's apparently a subject of many type of negative songs in which Peter Steele had a long relationship with apparently ended contentiously because he's loves he's in love with this woman but also she broke his heart so you can read through these lyrics and you can see like the love but also the anger It's all in there. And as, you know, Peter Steele's known for his sense of humor, not for everybody, But you go through this song, which at a lot of parts feels very romantic and wistful. And at the end of the song, he says, so proud to be by your side. We were a team no one denied. Even though I still miss your lips, they're about as real as your tits. (laughs) There it is.
1: There it is. There it
0: is. Jenny, what'd you think of this one?
1: My favorite song on the soundtrack. Loved it. This is how I want to go out. I've never really listened to Type O Negative. um, So I was super surprised to hear that this is what it sounded like. So I'm going to have to dig in. I've been fucking up.
0: Let me tell you, it is everything I've been hearing. So I've been slowly getting all the CDs because they're hard to get. They're hard to get. They're all, I mean, obviously out of print, but I mean, so I mean, I just got into a bit of a fierce bidding war for World coming down on eBay the other day. I won. Good for it you. It was fierce. It was fierce.
1: I can see your battle weary.
0: I am a little bit. Also, you know, I read this book and watched this movie and did the soundtrack. Never again, <laughs> by the way. We are <laughs> no, never reading no. a book and listening to a soundtrack and watching a movie. We fucked up. Lesson, lesson learned. Uh, but this one, yeah, I... Uh, Yeah, Typo Negative, just incredible. Really, really great. R.I.P. Peter Steele. And really, I I think I tweeted about this. Uh, When I was in college, I knew a lot of people who are big Typo Negative fans. And I was at a party once, and they were like, that girl over there, she loves Typo Negative and Peter Steele more than anybody. She'll do anything. And I was like, what does that even mean? So we talked to her, and it was like, I heard that you're like the biggest Typo Negative fan. You'll do anything for him. And this girl turned to me and matter-of-factly said – I would do anything for Peter Steele. I would eat his shit. And I was like, whoa. There you go. She started there. That's where she started. Mm -hmm. She's like, there you go. It was insane. And then I hear these songs and I'm like, these are pretty good songs. I don't know if I'd eat shit. (laughs) I don't know. But you know what? I, I have it. I gotta dip through the whole catalog. Maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. It's a great ending. This song also in the movie. Did not expect that when we watched it. it is in the movie plays over when um, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but he's the friend of Jason Ritter and he is discovering things about why no one in town can remember that uh, Freddy Krueger anymore. And then he's killed by Freddy Krueger. So there you go. Uh, Matt thoughts on type of negative. I, I need to hear some
3: more type negative in my life because I wasn't like Jenny. Not expecting that. And uh it started to win me over with its excellent song craft.
0: It really is something special. Dip into that typo negative discography, you guys. And I can't believe we're saying it, but that is Freddie versus Jason, the soundtrack. Of our lives. Of our truly of our lives. It truly it covers everything. New but Christmas. It's all New there. but Christmas. New but Christmas. So... Hey guys,
3: I'm having a new butt Christmas. I'm getting rid of this thing.
0: <laughs> oh, Matt! Wow, what a treat! What a treat for yourself. You've been talking about getting a new butt, and you know what? Christmas time is the perfect time for it. Cannon talk. Talk about the cannon. Uh, Jenny, we'll start with you.
1: I I liked Freddy versus Jason. Definitely something I think that we see a lot uh, in this show is bands like doing way more than they need to be doing when it's like, just give us, you know what the people want. Just give us the thing. I feel like that's what we got with Freddie v. Jason. The soundtrack was so long. I feel like we just went on like an arduous journey together. Uh, I liked quite a bit of the soundtrack. There wasn't really anything that I thought I'd put in the canon necessarily. Um, but I did like the movie. The book was super interesting. Gotta hand it to our boy, whose name
0: Dustin McNeil.
1: Dusty McNeil, very thorough, very very thorough. Uh, so it was an interesting read. More tie ins to Kung Fu Panda than, than you'd expect, I will say. And the mask as well. So there were some real Easter eggs in there that I loved. Um, but yeah, nothing for the canon, I, d- I don't think. Lauren, what do you think?
0: Uh, this album is a rockin' time, but it is too long. No truly terrible moments outside of Christmas time. Whatever that Murder Dial song was. But it does show the crossroads of metal going away from the new and into what's next. It's this pretty solid sampler for all these bands. You get into this and you're going to know what you're into. I feel like anybody's going to put this on and they're going to, you know, there might be somebody who's like, you know what? Give me more of this in flames. I love Christmas time. I love to go to Frankenmuth. Let's do it up. The connection to the movie feels often secondary but you can find i felt the connection was a little bit more there than i think on some of the other albums that we've done i feel like there's definitely actually more of a connection to the movie than say little nicky's soundtrack this feels surprisingly more organic in a way uh overall a good time too long freddie versus jason the movie i will say in the book they interview everybody and just about every single interview ends with the guy asking the former screenwriters, the people who attempted to make this movie and it wasn't made, did you see Freddy vs. Jason when it finally came out? And if so, what did you think of it? And it was very interesting how so few of them liked it. If some, There's a couple people who straight up didn't go see it. They're like, nope, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to see it. It didn't look like oh, what I wanted. But it felt like a lot of the people who didn't, those people that didn't want to see it or who saw it and didn't like it, they would say like, oh, it could have been so much more. And it's like, no, it shouldn't be more. It is Freddy versus Jason. You don't need anything else but that. That was what really struck me on my rewatch for the show. Was I was like, this movie is giving me exactly what I want. Freddy versus Jason. And they fight for a while at the end of this movie. It's a long fight. Oh, it's the
3: back third of the film.
0: Yeah, they're throwing each other around a construction site. They're hitting each other. They're chopping off, uh, chopping off limbs and heads. They're, at one point, Freddy gouges his uh, Jason's eyes. This is what I want. I don't want sleeping pill shit. I don't want cults. I don't want intermixing. I mean, they were really hung up, a lot of these guys, on like the mythology. It's like... Mm. Just have Freddy read us a quick report at the top of the movie and let's get going. Although I do agree with you, Jenny, the courtroom drama one, that would have been a trip.
1: Not too late.
0: Yeah. Matt, for, since you don't know, what would the movie would have started with the arrest of Jason and he would be put on trial. Good luck. <laughs> right?
1: To be fair to the person writing that, they did say that they wrote it it was kind of in the shadow of the popularity of the O.J. Simpson trial.
0: I mean, let me tell you, Jason on trial, truly the trial of a century. That's what they yeah, said. The, also, there was uh, a repeated attempts to make Jason talk. Glad that didn't work out either. So, uh, yeah, Matt, thoughts? Oh,
3: can you imagine Jason pulling off his mask and being like, "Freddie, you're next." <laughs> oh, oh god. And film it. Yeah, too long on the soundtrack. A lot of good songs on there. I really wish they would have I mean New Line did it and they did the spawn soundtrack. Real missed opportunity for a Worlds Collide type soundtrack of um two icons coming together. But I imagine that costs something like a lot of money. Of which they didn't have, although this film did very well.
0: It did do very well. There was talk afterwards of trying to do a sequel that would have been Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. But they could not get it off the ground because Sam Raimi basically wanted too much control, and he said that he felt it would just be a muddled mess because they're all trying to get what they want, and no one would be happy, uh, which... Based off this book, he was not wrong, and Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash was ultimately made into a comic book that I have read. I do not remember anything about it. <laughs> That's uh, where it should live. Yeah, I think that was that was fine, and I mean, just having this as its own thing. This feels like a culmination. This was the final movie with Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. He was very pleased with it, and he said this was. He's like, it was a hit. I went out on top. What more could you ask for? Very, sure. very few franchise actors get to say that. That the final one, I went out on top, it was a hit. Usually, it's it goes out rough, you know? Pacino did Godfather 3. Yikes. You cool. know? Ugh. So, I mean, these are all things to consider. I guess our final... Uh, so, I guess nothing for the canon. But uh, I, this is the end of new movie month. So, I thought real quick cuz we're already long what's what's a few more minutes um what uh how would you rank the movies Jenny that we watched this month mm. worst to wor- uh, best to worst worst to best everyone rank
1: I'll go best to worst um okay. best scorpion king So go Scorpion King Freddy versus Jason Dracula 2000 Spawn Little Nicky
0: I, I think I'm exact I'm exactly in line with you. Yeah. My God, Scorpi- Scorpion King, hundred percent best one, time of my life. Uh, Freddy versus Jason, a, a good time. Dracula two thousand surprisingly more fun than I expected. Spawn, uh, about right. And I mean, there's a big gap of space between Spawn yeah. and Little Nikki. Little
1: Nikki want... is far away,
0: far 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 down. Uh, Matt, you only watched. Freddy versus Jason. Jason. So that's so- number one with the bullet. And then Spawn. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed New Movie Month. Uh, keep on sending your soundtrack, Rex, because we had a lot of fun and, and we love movies. So I think we'll do something like this again very soon. And uh, keep on saying hello online Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email Roach Coach Podcast. At gmail.com. We're back next week. We're doing it up. New metal, baby, as we always do. And until next time, Jenny, thank you.
1: Lauren, thank you.
0: Matt, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.